the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven will be as when a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had two talents made two more talents. The, but the one who had received one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with two talents also came forward saying, Master, you handed to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my, my own with interest. So take, the, so take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents, for to all those who have, more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. For this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Through the written word and the spoken word, God, help us to hear your living word, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This gospel passage is a doozy. Let's just start by naming that honestly. I read this passage, and when taken at face value, 
I struggle to see or hear any good news. How is this like the kingdom of God? When we take this passage literally, it seems to suggest that the rich will get richer and the poor will get poorer. And by telling this story and relating it to the kingdom of God, we might assume that Jesus wants us to hear that message. Taken literally, this story shows us an enslaver gaining profit from the people he has enslaved, and of those with money gaining more and more, while those with little have even that stripped away. That's the danger of taking this story literally. You may have been taught in your upbringing to read the Bible literally, but in reality, each of us has a lens that we apply to our reading, our experience, the teachings we have received in church or in our families, our status and position in society, our own motives. What we can know for sure is that the oppressor will take the Bible literally when it suits his purpose. The oppressor will take the Bible out of context when it suits his purpose. So, each of us have a duty for the liberation of the body of Christ to dig deep and do careful interpretive work. We might seek to read through the lens of the hope for justice, a lens that knows the love, forgiveness, and grace of God. We can read with a vision of a God who cares for the poor, the disenfranchised, and the captive. The scriptural context can help us to sharpen our lenses for reading. Even within this same chapter, Matthew 25, we hear the oft-quoted passage, when you did this for the least of these, you did it for me. And the inverse, when you did not care for the least of these, you did not care for me. Jesus is in and with those people who have little and want for much. Context tells us that when taken literally, this passage does not seem to align with the understanding we gain of God in Scripture. Christianity is not a get-rich-quick guide. In fact, it's more often a guide for how to release the resources that we have for the sake of the whole body. So now let's shift from the literal to the literary and read carefully. Jesus loves parables. As a reminder, parables are stories that appear to be about one thing, but offer a much larger message about our lives and the world. The message is never right on the surface. It requires some work. Jesus wants us to think and dig into these meaty stories. Parables use hyperbole to force us to look deeper. This parable makes it clear that the third slave went horribly wrong. Why? On the surface, it seems that he went wrong by not investing. But Jesus is not an investment banker. So let's get under the surface. 
I find it helpful with parables to go piece by piece, just like doing analogy exercises in grade school. The master can pretty much always be interpreted as God. The enslaved or the servants are generally us, the people of God. When we hear talent in our modern age, we think gifts and skills. In historical context, a talent is the equivalent of 20 years of wages for a laborer. Remember, the master gave five or two or a single talent. That's 100 years of wages or 40 years of wages or 20 years of wages. We are talking about a lifetime of work, a life's work. In this sense, when we take our parable apart, we can hear talents not simply as skills, but as a part of the fullness of our life's work, our purpose, our vocation. God gives each of her children talents. Two of those children go out and use their gifts. By using them, they grow in their gifts and their skill, and they have the chance to share their gifts in community. And I imagine they have a certain satisfaction in doing so. One of God's children hides away their gifts. They hide and wait. When God returns to each of her children to check on them, two are excited to tell of the ways their talents have grown. They are encouraged, and God grants them more opportunity for growth and for flourishing. Remember, this is not about God literally giving thousands of dollars. We're still talking about gifts of the Spirit, gifts we have to share with the world. The final child comes to God with the same gift they were originally given. They have not spent time and energy developing it or sharing it. I do not by any means imagine God calling this person, you wicked and worthless slave. But I do imagine God being pretty bummed. The pain and weeping that comes for this last child of God might represent to us the pain and sadness that can come from not living as our true selves. When read as a parable and read in context, we now hear a story of a loving and generous God who gives us gifts and encourages us to develop our gifts and to share them for the flourishing of our own personal life, life and the flourishing of our community. We see a God who is sad when we choose to hide away what we have been given. And we are reminded that a life that buries our gifts can be really painful. It doesn't allow us to truly flourish. For much of my life, I have been taught implicitly and explicitly that my sensitivity and big feelings were a problem. I've been taught that being sensitive is something to hide or overcome. In time, in prayer, and in community, I have learned that my sensitivity is my superpower. 
It allows me to have great empathy. My spirit is moved by the pains and the joys of the people around me. God gave me the gift of strong emotions that I might be sensitive to my own needs and to the needs of those around me. I have also at times thought that loving pink and glitter and all sorts of things that are super feminine was something that I needed to hide in order to be successful in a profession still dominated by men. But it is actually those very things that give my pastoral identity strength and depth. Hiding those parts of myself would be painful. It would also be boring. God crafted my queer identity. I think God loves my Barbie priest aesthetic. God called me as a young woman. All of these are gifts to be celebrated and used in community. I wonder, what are the gifts that you are excited to share with the world? Those talents that you want to invest in or have already invested in? What are those parts of your personality that you feel inclined to hide away? God has planted seeds in each of us, has given us gifts and unique personalities, and has enriched us with beautiful quirks. When we read our gospel passage today as a parable about living into our talents, we can be encouraged to use and invest the gifts that God has given each of us. God wants you to be fully you. That allows all of us to flourish as individuals and in the life of our community. Learning about our gifts from God and about how to use them is a process. Our parable shows us that as well. Struggling to engage that process and to use our talents is normal. So I wonder, how might you discover or rediscover those gifts that reside within you? How can you develop new talents and new gifts? How can you take steps to embrace all that makes you, you? And in so doing, how can we make space for the people around us to engage their gifts as well? Beloveds, use those gifts that God has given you, and you will grow beautifully. It is all too painful to hide yourself away. Amen.